We're gonna to finish today this series on gratitude, on living a life of thankfulness. And um, so many times in, in, in the world that we live in, we, we can get wrecked. How I many of you believe, I'm gonna tell you this, whether you believe it or not, Steve, we live in a wrecked world. It's, I'm telling you folks, it's wrecked politically. Uh, it's wrecked emotionally. Families are struggling and, and people are struggling, struggling mentally. Now that doesn't mean that, because we know what the scripture says, that God was in Christ redeeming the world to himself. We know that that's happened, but that doesn't mean everybody's taking advantage of that. And so we find people with anxiety and we find people with, with depression. You know, Dee and I were, were talking this morning and uh, <laughs> she'll probably pick it up next week on that we, we, we see in a generation of young people today that there is more anxiety and depression in young people in our country than at any other time in history. There is more uh, uh, um, antidepressant medication, and I'm not downing if you have to take things like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is an attack of the enemy. This is the enemy who has brought so much stuff on people, and, and, and it is, as Dr. Ruth said up here, it, we serve the healer. He is the healer, and, and, and we need to start believing in for, for these things. And I think one of the things that would help us fight these things and some of these things in our life is just remembering how good God is and that we serve a good God. But see, we have to live a lifestyle of thankfulness. It takes living a lifestyle of choosing to look at the positive, choosing to look at what is good, because it's so easy for me, for you, for all of us, it is so easy to make ourselves focus on what's bad, on what's wrong because so many times that's what stands out the biggest in our life. That's what stands out the, the, the worst. And we forget all, you know, Pastor Ted started this series out in Psalms 103. Forget, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You see, when we choose to walk in that and choose to forget not all the benefits that God has given us, then a gratitude lifestyle comes and all of a sudden I find myself, Deb, I'm not depressed like I was. When I stay thankful and grateful for God. And so I've got a few things I wanna finish up today. Um, go, if you will, to Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. And I'm gonna start with uh, this verse from the Passion Translation. He says, there will be such an, and this, is, this sounds real good to us, I know. There will be such an increase of sin, of lawlessness, that those whose hearts once burned for passion for God and others will grow cold. I think that's what the enemy's trying to work on us now. In the country in which we live in, we're, trying, we're getting so frustrated, we're getting so caught up on all these other things. You know, uh, we get so caught up on politics that we get frustrated and mad and angry. Amen. Don't y'all lie to me. I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> I mean, so much so, I just turned it all off. I don't pay attention to any of it anymore, Gary. Because you know what? I don't serve either party. I don't serve any of them, I serve the king. Yeah. 
I serve the sovereign God and it doesn't matter to me who's in position and who's not. I know that I'm a child of the king and he's gonna take care of me so I really don't have to waste my time worrying about what any of these other folks decide they're gonna do. You see, when I decide to quit worrying about that, I can remain grateful. I can remain thankful. I can remain thankful that I live where I live. I can remain thankful that I have what I have. I can remain thankful because they don't concern me. Now, I'm gonna do what scripture says. I'm gonna pray for them. Doesn't the scripture tell us to pray? And that's what it, that's it. I'm gonna pray for them. But you know what? They, they don't own me. My father in heaven owns me. And, and, and <laughs> but we look at this verse and, we, and this is what we see. There's such an increase of sin and lawlessness that people's little hearts, in other words, there's such an increase of the things that are outside of God that our hearts that was once a burned with passion starts to grow cold. Whose fault is that? Thank you. I didn't have to point a finger at you, Alice. That's our fault. That's not the world's fault. Come on. That's not, that's not even the devil's fault. We can't go around and say, well, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't make you do nothing. You've, you've already been freed from him. You've already been set free from the law of sin and death. You've been set free from that, so he didn't even make you do it. <laughs> go to verse 13 of Matthew 24. He said, but... Hold your hope firm. God says, look, all this stuff, I know it's bad, and I know it looks bad, but he tells you what to do here. Hold your hope firm. Nobody can hold hope firm for you but you. Come on. Well, I just don't have hope. It's because you let it go. Well, everything's just hopeless because you you, you let go of hope. It is your responsibility to hold hope firm. He says there, he says, but hold your hope firmly to the end that you will experience life and deliverance. Verse 14, yet through it all, through what? Through the darkness, through the bad times, through the politics, through the anxiety, through the depression, through the hopelessness, yet through it all, the good news of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed over the world. Providing, oh. (laughs) Heaven's kingdom is good news. What did he say there? He says providing, somebody got a hit of me. Um, Providing every nation with a demonstration, is that on there, Bobby? Providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. And after the end of this age will arrive. So when will the end of the age? I believe that we're coming to the end of the world. I believe, Dan, we are not. Why? Because there's a reality of the kingdom of God that still needs to be shown to everyone in the world. He says there, yet through it all, the good news of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed over all the earth, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. 
we still, the church has a lot of work to do yet. We have to show every nation the reality of God at work in the earth. Oof. And so if we just focus on verse 12, there's an increase of the sin of lawlessness. Okay, so there is. But you gotta read the rest of that verse. We gotta read the rest of this that says through it all, the good news of the heaven. Yet through it all, the good news of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed. Folks, we've got a job to do to show the world. So how do we stay and maintain gratitude in a Matthew 24, 12 situation? (laughs) How do we maintain it? That's what we're gonna talk about today to end this thing out. We're gonna talk about how to maintain gratitude in a Matthew 24, 12. You know, the sin of hopelessness and lawlessness and all that stuff. Webster says this about gratitude. It's an emotion of the heart excited by a favor or benefit received. Gratitude is emotion of your heart that, ex- that you get excited over a benefit that God has given. Gratitude is an emotion of the heart excited by the favor or benefit received, a sentiment of kindness or good will towards a benefactor. Basically, it's thankfulness. So God, so to maintain our gratitude, we have to remember that it is an emotion of our heart. It is an attitude inside my own heart that says I am going to look at God and I am going to remember all the favor. All We talked, uh, was it last week about getting a notebook, writing down everything in our life. I'm talking about you start today. Look at what you got on your body and write down, I'm thankful for this. I'm thank- you say, well, some of that stuff's thankful. You know, I got a new toothbrush for my birthday. It's a nice one too, man. <laughs> I was brushing my teeth this morning thinking, man, God, I'm thankful for this. It's one of those, you know, sonic care ones that vibrate your whole head. But I had to find myself thankful for it. You say, well, why are you thankful for that? Because I didn't have it before, before then, you know? I didn't have it before. And he said, when we're going to, if we're going to it, maintain an attitude of gratitude, then we're gonna to have to look at everything in our life and become, become thankful or grateful to the one who provided it and who made a way. Well, your mom and dad gave you the toothbrush. Well, who gave them the money? Well, they worked for it. Well, who gave them the ability to work? See, folks, we've got to come back to the point where we have nothing and are nothing outside of our Heavenly Father. You may have a good job. You know why? God loves you. And you, he loves you enough to put your feet on the ground every morning and walk outside to that job. He gave, loves you enough to provide for you a car to get in and drive to that job. He provides, when we fall into this place, where well, it is a constant thankfulness. It is a constant thanksgiving. It is only then do we maintain gratitude. Go to James chapter one. 
James chapter one. I like what James says here. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, that's us, right? So my fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity. Difficulties is an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Now how in, that makes no sense, God. How can I look at the difficulties in my life, Dave, and say this is an invaluable opportunity for me to experience the greatest joy that I can? Well, it's all in how I look at difficulties. If I look at my difficulties, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit difficult, but when I look around at all the benefits and all the blessings and all the favor that he has already shown me and I realize this is just another opportunity for him to show off. This is just another opportunity for him to be the God that I know he is. This is just another opportunity for him to show himself faithful in my life one more time. All of a sudden, I start, stop worrying about all this mess and I realize the goodness and the glory of God. Verse three, for you know that when your faith is tested, it hurts. It's hard. It's difficult. Nobody likes a test. I didn't like tests in school. But he says, you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. You are stronger than you think you are. You can get through the toughest things that you never thought you would go through. Some of you in this, this year has gone through some of the toughest things that you have ever faced in your life and you didn't think you could do it, but look where you're sitting today. You're still here. He didn't give up on you. He didn't let go of you. He held on to you through all the hell that you went through. He still has a hand on you and is walking you through it. Uh. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. Verse four. And then, everybody say, and then. See, only then can only come after you endure. Then can only come after the test. <laughs> Sometimes the test is necessary to even show you that you are stronger. And then your endurance grows even stronger. It will release, look what it does. It will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing. Now this is where God wants to take you. This is where an attitude of gratitude will take you until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. That's where God wants you to live, where there is nothing missing and nothing lacking, where you realize that yes, this is a hard time. Yes, this is difficult. Yes, this stinks. I don't like this, this hurts, this is painful, but if I remember how good God is and I remember how great he has been to me and I remember all of his benefits, then it will push me to get through another day. I don't know if I can take another day, but I'm gonna go one more day. 
I don't know if I can take another step, but I'm going to take it. Why? Because he's always been faithful to me. And then all of a sudden, my endurance produces in me a perfection to where I lack nothing and nothing is missing from me. Ooh. This is how I maintain gratitude. Go, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I maintain gratitude by always operating in the will of God for my life. Well, you can't always know God's will. I guarantee you, you can. God is not trying to hide his will from you. He's gonna tell us in this set of scriptures. Firstly, rejoice. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. So here's here's how I'm gonna maintain gratitude, Denise. I'm gonna rejoice always. I'm going to pray without ceasing. And in everything I do, give thanks. In everything, but I don't, he didn't say I had to give thanks for everything. Try it over here. He didn't say you had to give thanks for everything. Because some things I'm not thankful for. Come on. But I can tell you what I am in the middle of everything, in the middle of all the chaos, in the middle of everything else in my life, I am going to give thanks in it. He said, give thanks in everything, in in every circumstance, in everything, give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, I need to know God's will for my life. Here's God's will for your life. Rejoice always. Always. You don't know what I'm going through. Rejoice. But I'm sick and I'm struggling. And the word also says a merry heart does good like a medicine. So maybe we just need to take the right medicine. (laughs) by the physician. Maybe it's just taking the right medicine. Rejoice always. A merry heart does good like a man. So what's the will of God for my life? Rejoice always. So joy must be our constant companion. Joy must be our constant companion. Go to James chapter one, verse two. James chapter one, verse two. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as invaluable. Opportunity to experience what? The greatest joy that you can. In difficulties, he says it's a time to experience joy. Why? Because most of us are looking to be happy. Happy is temporary. Happy changes with circumstance. That's why they often call it happenstance. With circumstances comes happiness. But with an attitude of gratitude, maintaining gratitude, I can maintain joy no matter what I'm going through in my life. 
because I remember what he's done, I remember what he's already brought me through, and I remember all the promises that he made, and he says that his promises are yes, so be it, and amen. So in that, in that, I can maintain gratitude. Why? I can find joy in the worst things that's going on in my life, in the worst time, but everything seems to be falling in around my ears. That's okay, I can maintain joy because I understand who he is and what he is. Come on. For when you know that your faith is being tested, It stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then your endurance grows even stronger and releases perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and you lack nothing. Go to Philippians, where are we at? Uh, Philippians chapter four. Maintaining the will of God. You wanna maintain gratitude, walk in the will of God. First Thessalonians, rejoice always. I like Philippians four. He says, be cheerful with joyous celebrations in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. Folks, hear me now and listen to me later. Some of you will catch that later. Joy is always a choice. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is always a choice. And again, I want you to notice, go back to the first part of that, brother. He says, be joyful. No, uh, go back to, sorry, Bobby, Philippians 4. He says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Again, he doesn't tell us to be joyful for everything because sometimes the enemy brings things to you but I know that this testing of my faith is working endurance and this endurance is working perfection and that perfection means that I am going to walk out of whatever situation this is lacking nothing and there's gonna be nothing missing. Be thankful and joyous in every season of life. Go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Here's the second part of maintaining God's will. He says, pray without ceasing. That means your life has to become a prayer. Now, here's the kicker. You gotta understand prayer. Prayer is not going down and sitting down and because this is most prayer most people get, Perry. God bless this food. Remove the carbs and the sugar. (laughs) Let this big fat piece of chocolate cake be health and nourishment to my body. You know. (laughs) That's not prayer, that's a request. And there are prayers of request, but most of the time, our conversations with God is all about, Lord, this is Jimmy and I'll take all you can give me. Just give it to me, Lord. Give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that, give me that. That's not making your life, that's not praying without ceasing. If all my kids ever did was ask me for stuff, how tiring would it be? But he says, be constant in prayer. In other words, our lives need to be in constant communication 
with him. Folks, we need to understand. The word says that he will stick closer to us than a brother. We need to understand that we're never alone in anything we go through. When you're in the house, he's with you. When you're in the car, he's with you. You can't get away from him. And so what happens when somebody is constantly in the room with you, eventually you have to talk to them. Not ask them for something, but it's a conversation when the Lord becomes our best friend. When he becomes the one that we turn to first. When it's always just, hey, let me talk to you. Can I tell you this? And you say, well, I've never just talked to God. Try it. Pray without ceasing. Let it be a constant communication between you and him. He said there, uh, he said, pray with, go to Ephesians chapter six. Pray without ceasing. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Ephesians chapter six, verse 18 from the Amplified. He says it this way. He says, pray at all times. When I'm running a vacuum cleaner, pray. When you're putting up Christmas trees, pray. Talk to God. A conversation, not requests. Oh, how we have so, so dumbed down the attitude of prayer to just requests. He said, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. With all manner of prayer. In other words, all kinds of prayer. Prayer of thanksgiving. Prayer of praise. Prayer of declarations. Prayer of requests. There's nothing wrong with requesting things from God. But have time to use all the types of prayer. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in English. Use all types of prayer. Everything at our disposal is to bring us into communication and relationship with a God that loves us so much that he was willing to empty heaven of its greatest treasure just to make sure that we would always have a relationship with him. Shoot, glory. In every situation, prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert. And watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding on behalf of the saints. God's consecrated people go to Gulf, not Galatians. That's not a scripture to buy. That's what you get when you mix Galatians and Colossians. You get Galatians. Go to Colossians chapter four. Colossians chapter four, verse two, from J.B. Phillips' translation. He puts it this way, he says, always maintain the habit of prayer. Always maintain the habit of prayer, be both alert and thankful as you pray. I wanna challenge you today to develop a habit of prayer, not requests. That's one type of prayer. Expand your horizon to just have open communication with God. Well, what if I'm mad at God? That's okay, he can handle it. Come on, am I the only one that's ever been mad at God? You know what, he he can handle it. Well, I have questions and you're not supposed to question God. Well, then somebody should have told David that. Cause the Psalms are full of his question. God's not afraid of your questions. Ask him, but also be okay if you don't get the answer you thought you was gonna get either. (laughs) 
There's the kicker. Develop, do what, do what uh, uh, J.B. Phillips put it here. Develop the habit of prayer. Over the next few weeks, going into this Christmas season, I want you to pray. Make your life a prayer. Not just requesting God, but talking to God. When you're alone, in the car by yourself, just start having an open communication, an open dialogue. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, how we maintain gratitude is we always walk out the will of God. This is how easy it is to walk out the will of God. Rejoice always. Yeah. Laugh yourself silly. What Paul say? Paul said, I think myself happy. <laughs> hmm. I don't want that. Pray without ceasing. And finally here, he says, and in everything, give thanks. Our lives should be a life of perpetual thanksgiving. Our lives should be a life of, I've got a pastor friend of mine in West Virginia. You call his house, praise the Lord. You go up and talk to him, the first words out of his mouth, praise the Lord. The world's worst thing can happen to this man and you go and talk to him and the first thing you're gonna hear out of his mouth, Bob, praise the Lord. Well, praise God. Well, praise the Lord. And I'm talking, he's hurting. I know he's hurting. I've seen him go through some terrible things and the world's, the first words of his mouth, praise the Lord. He developed and well, that would just get on my nerves. You know why? Because you haven't developed the same attitude he has. Because <laughs> usually people who praise a lot get us on the nerves of those who don't. Moving on, because nobody liked that one. <laughs> but that's his attitude. He's in everything. He, if any man has ever been an example to me about this, it was him. And anytime I teach stuff like this, I bring him up because I've never been around him that praise the Lord was not said 10 or 15 times in a small conversation. It's his constant. And you know what? I've never really seen him depressed. I've never really seen him down. Why? Because when you live in a perpetual state of thanksgiving, it's hard to get any other way. Ooh, Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five, verse 20 from the Amplified, he says, at all times, for everything giving thanks, at all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. In, every, in all times, give thanks. All times. So Matthew 12 says there's this whole spirit of lawlessness and everything, and we can read that and get depressed and think, well, that's the world we live in right now. It's a wreck. It's a wreck. It's bad, it's messed up. But if I give thanks at all times, you know what? I forget all this other mess that's going on. Let's, let's, let's get ready here. Go to Psalms 107, verse 22. From the Passion, he says, bring your praise. I'll, I'll give you time. Some of you are still flipping and tapping. Psalms 107, verse two, he says, bring your praise as an offering. So for 
35, 40 minutes, whatever praise and worship is, you gotta realize you are actually bringing an offering to God. So let me ask you this. I'm not judging you, I'm just asking a question because I'm doing my own thing up here. What does your offering look like? Is it rotten? Is it spoiled? Does it smell of ingratitude? Breathe, it's okay. Gosh, it got quiet in here. (laughs) What does your offering, well, you know, I'm not gonna act like you. I didn't say you had to act like me. I didn't say you had to act like Brent. There's only one, well, I would say there's only one Brent, but there's two of us in the room. But there's only one Brent Henderson. He's gonna have to praise like Brent Henderson. Well, I'm not, I'm not Brent Henderson, I know. But you still should bring an offering. Praise should bring something up out of you because you maintain an attitude of gratitude. It's a thankfulness that happens. He says, <laughs> he says bring your praise as an offering and your thanks as a sacrifice. Oof. As you sing your story of miracles with a joyful song. Whose story? Your story. Well, I don't have a story of miracles. Sure you do. Look down at your feet. You got shoes on. Some of you got socks on. (laughs) Look at your legs, you got pants on. You've got a story of miracles. You know what? Because it didn't have to be that way for you, but it is. Look out in the parking lot. You either drove here or rode here with someone. And if you walked, you had two good legs to do it on. Mm. You got up this morning and may have used a ProSonic toothbrush like I did. (laughs) You've got a song of miracles. It just depends on if you choose to sing it or you choose to sit back and go, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. This world is awful. This world is terrible. Gloom, despair. <laughs> or we can choose to sing a different song. And the choice is ours. He says here, He says, bring your praise as an offering and your thanks as a sacrifice as you sing your story of miracles. Lastly, how do we maintain an attitude, uh, maintain gratitude in this world? We're gonna walk out the will of God by rejoicing always, by praying without ceasing and in everything we're giving thanks. And finally, you have to remember and always never forget that God is good. And... (laughs) Romans chapter one, verse 21. God, gratitude is seeing that God is good. Romans chapter one, verse 21. He says, throughout human history, the fingerprints of God was upon them. Mm. And yet they refused to honor him as God or even be thankful for his kindness. You know what, what caused them so much trouble? Is refusing to be thankful 
And instead, they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God was like. And that's what we've done. We've entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God is like. God's the big giant combat boot in the sky ready to come down and crush me and step on me. At the first moment, I messed up. That's a corrupt thought about who God is. Well, God is somehow intrinsically unhappy with me as part of his creation. That is a corrupt thought about who God is. Uh, so we all entertain corrupt thoughts and we refuse to be thankful for his kindness. Psalms 145. I know I didn't read all that verse. Mm. The rest of that verse says, that attitude left them. <laughs> it says it left them with nothing but misguided hearts. Mm. Steeped in darkness. I like Psalms 145, verse eight. You're kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it. <laughs> this is why praise is so easy. Because I remember he is kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it. And he is very patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. For God, everyone sees your goodness for your tender love is blended into everything you do. My goodness, folks, if we really wanna maintain gratitude, if we would just remember that God is good, that he is patient to those who fail him. He has not given up on those who blow it and make them. He's not gonna kick you out as fast as everybody else is gonna kick you out, let me tell you that. <laughs> oh, glory. Mm. Matter of fact, he's not looking to kick you out at all. What's, what's the word say his will is? That everyone comes into this and no one, <laughs> that's his will. Let me tell you something, his will will never change. Oh, glory. How can I not be thankful? How can I not rejoice? Psalm 86, verse five. Lord, you are so good to me. So kind in every way and ready to forgive. Your grace fountain keeps overflowing and drenching all your devoted lovers who pray to you. This is how we maintain gratitude. We walk out the will of God, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything we're giving thanks and we remember and remind ourselves on a daily basis, God is good. Amen. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then gratitude is easy. Psalms 100. On your feet now, applaud God.
On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter, not sadness, not sorrow, not boo-hoo. Bring a gift of laughter. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourself into his presence. You don't have to try, just start singing and you find yourself in his presence. Sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God and God is God. Ah. Mm. He made us and, and we didn't make him. We are his people, his well tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home. Uh, talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal, always, and forever. So one more time. Let's give him praise just for who he is. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.